0: Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. I am excited to dive into another episode of How to mini cut. This is going to be episode number four here on the audio podcast. Uh, It's actually episode number five on my YouTube channel. If you haven't been following along, I've been publishing a video every week over the last five weeks about how to mini cut. I've been documenting my journey and sharing a lot of the experiences that I've been going through as I've been trying to uh, lose as much body fat as possible in about a four week period of time. Uh, So while you're listening to this episode, Uh, The video of this episode is live right now on my YouTube channel. If you want to go over and watch that, there will be a link to it in the show notes of this uh, episode, Uh, but... This episode is actually going to be really good to listen to as well. So, uh, you know, in previous episodes of How to Minicut, there's been a lot of visuals that, uh, you know, I've I've said before, you might want to go over to the YouTube channel just to check it out, uh, but the audio will still be helpful. I really think the audio is just as helpful this week as it is uh, on the video. So it's totally up to you what you want to consume, uh, but I hope you enjoy it. So today we're going to be talking about a lot of the normal struggles that happen when you dive into a fat loss phase so the main topic is, is it normal to plateau during weight loss? But we're also going to dive into you know, other common fat loss uh, issues, fat loss struggles, uh, like what to do when your routine changes, uh, meal timing, how that impacts things, how your training performance may or may not decline, uh, sleep, and how that's going to impact the entire process. So there's a lot of good stuff in this episode. I really think you're going to enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to belabor the point. Hit that video link in the uh, description if you want to check out uh, the video of this episode. Otherwise, let's dive into how to minicut episode number four. Welcome to episode number five of how to minicut. I appreciate you being here and I'm excited to dive into today's video. Actually, today we're going to kind of talk about things that maybe aren't so fun. I'm going to talk about a lot of things that tend to pop up as challenges when you want to do a mini cut, you start getting into it, you're in a fat loss phase, eventually things get challenging. And that's what I've experienced here as I've wrapped up week three and I'm getting ready to head into week four of this mini cut. A lot of common issues, challenges, struggles in a fat loss phase have popped up for me, such as, is it normal to plateau during weight loss? How do you handle your training performance? How should you handle changes in your routine? How can you keep your training performance moving in the right direction? How to deal with hunger and cravings as they pop up? And what to do when sleep becomes an issue? All of those things have unfortunately uh, popped up for me but these are all common aspects of trying to lose body fat. So I'm excited to dive into this episode because I think a lot of what we're going to talk through is going to be super helpful. Uh, and before we do, quick progress update on my end. Like I said, I'm three weeks into my mini cut now, uh, and I've seen good progress. Despite the struggles, I've seen things continue to move in the right direction overall, hit a new low weigh in again this week. I started things at 180.2 pounds, and I've seen a decent amount of weight come off in just three. Weeks. I've continued to see my progress photos show signs of improvement as well. I've continued to see my waist measurements drop, which is a great indicator of fat loss. And all of these measurements are things that we're going to talk about in this video when we talk about how to deal with plateaus. But overall, from a progress standpoint, things have continued to move in the right direction. I've been able to keep consistent with the elements of my program that are designed to promote fat loss, uh, but Nevertheless, there have been some struggles and challenges along the way. So let's dive into a bunch of these topics. And I wanna start with, is it normal to plateau during weight loss? And real quick, before we dive into all of the details, if you're not subscribed to the channel, make sure you subscribe to the channel, okay? And in the description, to this video, you can find a link to my free 21-day jumpstart program, which is going to help you get a jumpstart on your fitness. It's going to help you learn how to build muscle, burn fat, start making progress immediately. It's filled with information about how to manage your training. Hundreds of exercise variations are built into it, how to manage your diet. There's all kinds of good stuff in there. So make sure you get that it's a no-brainer and uh yeah with that let's dive into everything it is normal to plateau when you're trying to lose weight when you're trying to lose body fat and it's something that everybody has to find a way to overcome because you can't avoid it there are so many things that happen across a week across a month that are going to make your body weight on an individual day-by-day basis look kind of weird because you know, you know you're in a calorie deficit, you know you're training, you're getting your steps in, you're eating right, you're doing cardio, you're doing all the things that you're supposed to do in your program, but your weight is still going to undulate. It's going to spike up and down for a variety of reasons. And honestly, most of the reasons that lead to your weight spiking up and down on a daily basis have nothing to do with whether or not you're doing things right or wrong from a program standpoint, from a fat loss standpoint. If you think about things that cause your body weight to spike up or maybe even spike down, uh, like having more carbs than usual or less carbs than usual, having maybe more sodium in your diet on a given day, uh, having poor sleep at night can lead to water retention and body weight spikes. Stress can also do the same thing. If you have a highly stressful period of time, it could cause your weight to go in a strange direction. Just changes in your daily routine can lead to that. Maybe during the week you eat At specific times, and then on the weekends, that changes, and the food weight that's in your system starts to vary, and it's outside of the norm. Maybe your hydration levels change, and you have a day where you drink a ton of water, or you don't drink much water at all. Perhaps you even have a bad bowel movement. That's not something most people like to talk about, but it absolutely impacts what you see on the scale, because do not forget, what the scale shows you is a reflection of your weight. It is not a reflection of body fat. And when we're in a mini cut, we want to lose body fat. We don't want to just lose weight because weight can mean so many different things. Weight can be water. It can be bones. It could be ligaments. It could be joints. It could be muscle. It could be body fat. It could be your organs. There are so many things in your body that show up on the scale and come together to give you that number. And a lot of them are not body fat. So you can't get too wrapped up in what the scale says on a day-to-day basis because it's not telling you what has changed with your specific body fat levels and yes that even goes for those bia scales that give you a body fat percentage those are highly inaccurate there's been studies and research on the accuracy of those scales and they're just not very accurate so you can't put a lot of stock into that either and so all these things can make the scale look weird all of these things can also cause your weight to plateau even when you're eating right and you're in a calorie deficit and this is why i encourage anybody who wants to lose weight who wants to lose body fat, who wants to get in a mini cut to track more than just what the scale says. I always tell people if you're gonna try to lose weight, you should also be tracking your waist measurements and you should be tracking your progress photos. And that's why I have shared those as part of my progress updates in every one of these how to mini cut videos Because those are just as valuable as what the scale says. And in some cases, they're even more valuable than what the scale says. Now, I hit a week-long plateau from February 13th to February 20th. That's eight days. My weight was either 176 or 177 pounds in that range. And that all, that eight day stretch came after I hit a brand new low weigh-in of 175.8. Okay, so I hit a new low weigh-in, then my weight came up after that, and it stayed there for eight days. That's the point when a lot of people get really frustrated and fed up with the entire process. And it leads a lot of people to make a lot of rash decisions about what to do next. That's the point in time where people slash calories or eliminate entire food groups or just do things with their diet that in general is completely unsustainable. And on top of that, from an exercise standpoint, people will often add hours of cardio to their routine for the week, uh, change the way that they lift weights and start lifting really high reps to failure on every set, and the whole idea is like, I need to bring calories down as much as I can, and I need to increase exercise as much as I can so that my energy expenditure goes up while my energy intake goes down, and that will create a larger calorie deficit to help me make more progress, to help me break through this plateau. And very rarely is that a strategy that works out well long-term for a variety of reasons, First of which being, if you were in a calorie deficit to start, you never needed to change anything because the reason you're in a plateau probably is not related to fat loss at all. The reason you're in a plateau is because of one of those things I mentioned before that has nothing to do with nutrition or body fat or anything like that. And doing all those things is also wrong because it's going to create a program that is completely unsustainable and when you're on a program that's unsustainable, you will achieve unsustainable results. By that I mean you are going to make quick progress that you cannot maintain. You will do it in a way that causes you to burn out or quit or develop such a terrible relationship with fitness and food that afterwards you end up binging uh, and you lose all the progress that you had made and then you're back to the drawing board having to try to figure out how to make it work the next time around. Obviously, nobody wants any of those things I just mentioned. When you run into a plateau, when you're trying to lose weight, the best thing that you can do first and foremost is not change anything and focus all of your attention on trying to be just as consistent as you possibly can be. Your habits are what are going to lead you towards making the progress that you want to make. So you need to make sure you're being consistent with the right habits. What I have found is weight loss often happens kind of like a staircase where you make some progress early on and then it kind of levels out. And that's where you're gonna get your first challenge to continue to be consistent. And if you can continue to be consistent, you'll hit that second step and you'll go down again and it'll level off again. And that's another challenge for you to continue to be consistent. And this process continues over and over and over again. The people who make the most noticeable, sustainable, meaningful progress long-term are the people who are able to continue to go down that staircase and continue to not let themselves get totally overwhelmed and stressed out and anxious over a short plateau. Because if you continue to do the right things, that's all it will be is a short plateau. And that staircase is actually why I track weekly average weight for my Fat loss clients, yes, we track individual weigh-ins, but we use those to create weekly averages. So across seven days of the week, we'll take all of your weigh-ins, average them out, and that number is the number you use for the week. And so what actually happened for me is despite being in a plateau for eight straight days, I continued to see my weekly average weight come down, and that's because the weekly average is a much better representation of where your true body weight is for the week. It helps eliminate a lot of the outliers, so if you across seven days have one day that spikes really high and another day that spikes really low, probably neither of those are really a good indicator of where you're at at that moment. So the average across seven days helps eliminate those outliers and give you a really good look at what your true body weight is and what your true progress looks like. And if you see your weekly averages continuing to trend in the right direction, there's nothing you need to do. You don't need to change anything. Everything's working. You're doing the slow sustainable weight loss that is going to last you long term. Now, if you see that trend over multiple weeks. And normally I'm not going to change anything for a client for at least three to four weeks. And if a plateau continues to persist for that long, then we'll start to dive in deeper to figure out if something does need to be tweaked with that person's program. But if you see your weekly average trend flatlining for an extended period of time, or perhaps even starting to go back up, then that's an opportunity for you to critically analyze what you're doing and take a closer look at the different aspects of your program to see if something does need to be changed. And so when a plateau happens, you gotta look at your habits and look at the data and figure out if what you're doing is actually in line with what the program is set up for. That's first and foremost. So are you actually in a calorie deficit? Are you tracking all of your food consistently and accurately? Uh, Are you hitting your step count goal if you have one? Are you doing your cardio if you have cardio in your program? Uh, Are you being consistent with all the aspects of this program that you're supposed to be? Are you getting enough sleep? Are your stress levels in line? These types of things, if the answer to all of them is yes, you're doing things 100% accurately, just keep doing those. Keep doing those things and again, if you find out that over an extended period of time the plateau continues, then you can look into what to potentially tweak or change. Uh, If your answer to any or many of those questions is no, I'm not doing that, I could potentially do it better. Then that also is an answer for you to, okay, before you change anything, let's clean up these little aspects of your habits that can be cleaned up and see if that makes a difference. Because if you do find that, like, yeah, you know what, I'm tracking my nutrition, but, you know, there may be a snack here or there that doesn't get logged, or, oh, you know, I didn't put my morning coffee in there throughout the week, or, uh, you know, w- we had a birthday party and I didn't really track that day, or, yeah, when we got to the weekend, like I kind of just decided I wasn't going to track. Like, all these things are very common. They're not bad. You're not a bad person because you did that. It happens to everybody, but those little things really add up over time. And if they're happening consistently, again, habits, consistency, these are the things that matter. If those types of things are happening consistently, then Cleaning those up is probably going to start moving you back in the right direction, and that's all you need to do is take a critical eye to what you're doing, what your habits look like. If you are really in alignment with everything you're supposed to be doing, and if you're not, clean that up first before entertaining any type of drastic changes to your program. And one of the last things I'll say is it's important to remember that fat loss can happen without the scale changing. That, again, goes back to why I said I have all of my clients do this. And I do this myself. I take waist measurements. I take progress photos because you can build muscle and burn fat at the same time. It is possible, especially if you're new to strength training or you haven't trained in a while, or maybe you're pushing yourself harder than you have before. There's a very good chance that you could be doing body recomposition, which means you're building muscle and burning fat. And when that happens, the scale immediately becomes Not a very good indicator of your progress, okay? Because the scale just measures weight. Talked about that earlier. So when you're adding muscle, that's adding weight to your frame. And then if you're losing fat, that's removing weight. So it could potentially be a net even situation where across a week, maybe you lose two pounds of body fat, but you put on two pounds of muscle, the scale doesn't change at all, but you have a waist measurement that goes down by half an inch. And so that's huge. That's a huge indicator that things are moving in the right direction, even though the scale, which is this thing that we put so much time and effort and emotion into, it actually isn't telling you the whole story. Same thing with progress photos. You could see the scale and your waist measurements, maybe not do much at all, but you could start to see visually your six-pack start coming through. You could see your shoulders and arms being more muscular. Those are all really good signs that what you're doing is working and you don't need to change anything. And that's why it's good to track multiple forms of progress so that you're not just investing all of your emotion in that scale, which is often not the best indicator of whether or not you're making progress. So it is common to plateau during weight loss. Plateaus are a very nuanced thing. There's a lot of reasons why you may plateau, as you could probably see from this discussion. And hopefully this helps you understand what, if anything, to do or change when you hit a plateau. But often the answer is, you don't need to really change anything at least not early on and uh, you just need to continue to be focused on consistency with the right habits all right up next let's talk about changes in routine because the routine that you have can often make or break your progress in a mini cut with fat loss with losing weight uh, and that's because your routine is rooted in those habits that we talk about all the time so Uh, What I find is that often for people, Monday through Friday is a lot easier to control than the weekend because Monday and Friday, you're working every day of the week. You get into a routine where you you wake up, you eat breakfast at the same times, you go to work, you have lunch at the same times, you come home, you have dinner at the same times, and everything is kind of like in that wheelhouse. But then when the weekend rolls around, maybe you sleep in later on Saturday and Sunday, which means maybe you don't eat breakfast at all. You have a bigger lunch. Maybe dinner gets pushed to later in the day and that rhythm that you were in changes. And that's important for a very specific reason. And it's actually related to what your body grows accustomed to. Your body does in fact grow accustomed to eating at the same times when you're in a routine like you are Monday through Friday. If you normally eat at the same times, Monday through Friday, and you do that week after week, month after month, your body gets conditioned to get hungry at the same times of day every day. And the times of day where you are conditioned to get hungry, where you notice your hunger creeping up, it's normally associated with those times. Your body has hormones that actually dictate your hunger levels. And so if you normally eat lunch at noon, you'll notice around 1130, you start to get hungry. Well, that's because your body's used to that. Your hunger hormones start to spike around that time that you eat. And that conditions you to get hungry, to have that meal. And then after you have the meal... Those hunger hormones change, and you no longer feel hungry, right? And that's the normal pattern that your body wants to be in. But then when you get to the weekend, and all of that changes, and you don't eat lunch at noon, while your body still is accustomed to eating at that time, so you get hungry at that time, and then you don't give your body what it needs, and then hunger starts to get out of control, and cravings start to creep up, and then the rest of the day and maybe the rest of the weekend becomes unbelievably more challenging, That's how getting out of a routine can create challenges with a mini cut, with fat loss, with trying to lose weight. And it's not something that we can avoid all the time. You know, I don't think any of us want to live like robots. Personally, I have a family. I have three kids. We go out and do all kinds of stuff on the weekends. And there's not really an ability for me to eat at the same times of day that I do during the week. During the work week, I like to eat my breakfast this all normally happens at the same times. 7 a.m., I have my breakfast. 10 a.m., I have my second meal. 2 p.m., I normally have my third meal. Kids come home. We have dinner around 5, and then I'll have a late night snack around 8 o'clock. It tends to be the same times of day throughout the week consistently. But then when we get to the weekends, I'll have breakfast at that same time. But then after breakfast, we go off. We go off and we do things, okay? And so that is a challenge that I've run into again in this mini cut is on the weekends, I've really had to get creative and find ways to still be able to eat at or around those times to keep my hunger from spinning out of control because I'm not eating a second meal at 10 a.m. We're out doing stuff as a family. And that means I come home and I have a a lunch in between when I normally have my two meals. I normally eat at 10 a.m., 2 p.m. Those are like my lunches. Well, now on the weekends, I'm eating in between those two. So I've had to get, like I said, creative find ways to bring snacks with me, to be able to at least get some food in around those normal times to hold off some of the hunger, hold off some of the cravings. And this is why when people say meal timing doesn't matter, It gets me upset because meal timing absolutely does matter, especially for fat loss. It's just not in the ways that get promoted. It's not in like the cliche ways that you've heard about in the past. You've probably heard like eating too many calories before bed, it's all going to get stored as body fat, which is not true at all. You've probably also heard that eating five or six or seven small meals a day is a way to... Boost your metabolism and burn more fat, but be able to eat more. And that's not true either. Eating consistently, having meal timing that's predictable helps you control hunger based on hunger hormones, which we just talked about. So, if you have that rhythm Monday through Friday, what I would recommend is you find a way to try your best to stick to that rhythm on the weekends. And I don't mean drastically change the things that you and your friends and your family are going to do on the weekends. No, no, no. I don't want you to do that. Some of the ways I've combated it is, okay, we have breakfast, but then on Saturdays, we go to swim lessons with my daughter. And so since I can't eat my chicken and rice bowl when I'm at the pool, that would be pretty weird. What I do is I take a protein bar and I take an apple and I eat those when we're at the pool. It's not as many calories. It's not as much protein. It's not as filling, but it gives me something and it helps me not get overwhelmingly hungry and tides me over until I actually can eat a meal. And then mid-afternoon when we're driving around in the car, going somewhere, shopping, running errands, whatever the case may be, I don't have the ability to eat another meal, but I take a protein shake with me and like a banana or some other piece of fruit. And again, it's a snack that helps tide me over till we can get home and eat dinner. And those snacks... Not only do they help control hunger and cravings, uh, but they also are calorie controlled. So I'm not eating some type of snack on the go that's gonna blow my calories out of the water and then I can only have like a 250 calorie dinner. You don't wanna have to rely on stopping at the gas station to pick up, I don't know, a bag of chips and a sugar-filled Gatorade that runs you 600 calories, that's not gonna be effective. So planning ahead, having the right snacks at the right times, and doing them in a way that fits within your overall nutritional program, strategy, guidelines, is the way to do it. And that can help make things as manageable as possible when your routine changes. All right, the third topic is about training performance. And what normally happens, the longer you're in a mini cut or a fat loss phase, is you may see training performance decline. That's just kind of what inevitably is going to happen. in and- The goal, I think, with training when in a fat loss phase is at the minimum, try to match your performance from when you were not in a fat loss phase. Because if you're matching performance, you're at least maintaining everything that you have from like a muscle and strength perspective. And if you're doing that, then you're hopefully losing as much weight from body fat as you possibly can. The deeper you get into it, you may start to see training performance decline, that's a natural part of it, but ideally try to at least maintain and match performance. But don't go into the gym with that mindset. Go into the gym with the mindset of continuing to try to increase performance. Because what you'll find is that you often can continue to increase performance, at least in the early going. And in the first two weeks of my training program in this mini cut, that's exactly what I did. I saw my training performance continue to go up slightly. And now I've gotten to a point in week three where I'm basically just maintaining. I've seen like maybe one or two reps come off for one or two exercises, which is incredibly small. And I don't think it's a negative sign at all. Really what I'm doing now is maintaining and I have one week left in this mini cut. So the goal in week four is going to be continue to go into the gym with a mindset of increasing performance, but realistically maintaining for one more week before uh, this mini cut ends. And a great way to set yourself up for success from that perspective is to design your training program in a way that doesn't have you getting overly fatigued. I talked about this A lot in previous videos when we outlined how to mini cut, how to build your own mini cut training program, you don't want to have just tons and tons of compound exercises in your program when you're in a fat loss phase. It's going to be extremely fatiguing. The recovery demands of doing all kinds of compound exercises is going to be very high and almost impossible to meet meaning impossible to recover from. So what I like to do is have like one compound exercise at the start of each workout. And then I follow it up with a bunch of accessory and isolation movements that are less fatiguing, but still help me to build muscle, maintain the muscle mass I have. And uh, it tends to allow me to keep recovering from these workouts, even though I've been in a fat loss phase for a little while now and energy is getting low, training performance is starting to dip a little bit since I'm not doing super highly fatiguing exercises. Exercises, I'm able to still match that training performance and recover from it. All right. The fourth and final topic I want to talk about is sleep, and uh, something I have run into in this third and now going into the fourth week of my mini cut is sleep issues. Uh, I mentioned this before. I am a father of three. My kids are all under the age of four. Sleep in our house is very weird. I mentioned at the beginning of this series that sleep going into this mini cut was surprisingly good, which was great. And it continued to be that way for a couple of weeks. But unfortunately, things ended up changing. A couple of our kids got sick. And so nighttime has not been the best. I had a couple of nights where I only got about three or four hours of sleep. And that obviously... Has a trickle down effect that really, really can negatively impact just overall adherence to any type of program, but especially when you're trying to lose body fat, like adherence to doing all the right things, having consistency with the right habits. So that's been a huge challenge. And if you think about the trickle down effect of poor sleep, it's pretty logical. Like if you're trying to lose body fat and you are only getting for five hours of sleep a night, if your sleep is very low consistently, you're going to wake up the next day. You're going to feel more lethargic, more fatigued. You're going to have less energy. You're going to have less motivation to do the right things. So that's going to make it harder for you to show up at the gym that day, get your training in. If you do show up, your performance isn't going to be as good because you're going to be fatigued. You're going to be tired. You're not going to want to be there. It's going to make it harder for you to make the right decisions with your nutrition, right? So, making all the healthy choices, eating the right foods, doing all of those things is shown to be something that people really struggle with when you are chronically tired. Uh, So that's a piece to the puzzle as well. There's even research that shows the more chronically underslept you are, the more sleep deprived you are, it can lead to increased fat storage in the body, which obviously you don't want when you're in a fat loss phase, you want to lose body fat. So all of that when snowballed together, clearly doesn't help you be dialed when you want to lose body fat. So sleep is unbelievably important. And if you want to lose weight, if you want to lose body fat, if you want to do a mini cut, you need to do your absolute best to get seven hours of sleep, at least six hours of sleep a night. But ideally, like in that seven to eight range is going to be great for you if you can do it. Now, understandably, parents, parents, with little kids it might not be always something that you can guarantee and if that's you i would highly suggest that you build your plan with that in mind and that's what i've done i'm training four days a week knowing that i might have a couple days a week where sleep is bad and so that's allowed me to like move workouts around if i need to so if i have a night where i get three hours of sleep i don't have to train the next day that's just not sustainable so Building my program that way, having only four training days has allowed me to move the pieces to the puzzle around, deal with those poor nights of sleep, which has been helpful, um, and just make this as Manageable as possible. And so I would encourage you to consider that as well if poor sleep is something that you regularly deal with. And that's a wrap. That's where we are after week three of this mini cut. As always, I really appreciate you following along. And, you know, I just want to say uh, thank you to everybody that has watched. And I'm excited to wrap things up next week and talk about the last week and the final progress that I make in this mini cut before I transition back into a bulk. And I'm actually going to continue this mini cut series after the last week of the mini cut, because what people probably don't think about is like the exit plan, right? You're done with the mini cut. Then what happens? I'm going to reverse diet. I'm going to bring my calories back up slowly while I get into a calorie surplus start training hard, start trying to build muscle again. So I think that'll be a fun aspect of this process to document as well. But uh, yeah, I've had fun documenting it. It's been a lot, not going to lie, documenting all of this stuff with kids, with my coaching business, with my other job, like it's a lot to do. And uh, so it's cool to see people have been watching. I appreciate it. And if you liked this video, please make sure you like video. Leave me a comment if you made it this far. Uh, I love you if you made it this far. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. So thanks so much for watching. Talk to you again soon.